The Holy Gospel according to Luke, the 13th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. At that very hour, some Pharisees came and said to Jesus, Get away from here, for Herod wants to kill you. He said to them, Go and tell that fox for me, Listen, I am casting out demons and performing cures today and tomorrow, and on the third day I finish my work. Yet today, tomorrow, and the next day I must be on my way, because it is impossible for a prophet to be killed outside of Jerusalem. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it. How often have I desired to gather your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, and you were not willing. See, your house is left to you, and I tell you, you will not see me until the time comes. When you say, Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. In Lewis Carroll's Alice in Wonderland, Alice asks the Cheshire cat which way she should go. And the cat tells her, that depends on where you're going. When Alice replies, I don't know, the cat says, then it really doesn't matter which way you go. Same thing holds true for discipleship. We can say in Lent that we want to return to God with all our hearts. But discipleship isn't about following blindly or without thinking. It is our response to the knowledge of grace that we have first been given. We cannot return to an unknown God. The Word of God tells us who God is. Last Sunday, we heard Moses recount the promises God made to our ancestors in faith, and we heard how those promises are woven into our identity at baptism. Living in the faith we have received, we have confidence in God because we know we are God's beloved, and we know what God has already accomplished, except when we don't. Because sometimes it is hard to believe. Today in the Genesis text, we meet Abram, the patriarch of our faith and of Judaism and of Islam. Earlier in the book, God made a threefold promise to Abram. First, that his name will be known. Second, that his descendants will be numerous and become a great nation. And third, that he will be rewarded with land. These three things are what God will do for Abram. 
But in this text, Abram has grown tired of waiting on God. And he is arguing with God, questioning God's faithfulness. He is struggling to believe. Graciously, God doesn't get angry, strike him down, or revoke his promises. Instead, God takes Abram outside and tells him to look up at the sky, saying, look toward heaven and count the stars if you are able to count them. So shall your descendants be. For generations, stars have helped people navigate or find their way. In scripture, of course, the Magi report the appearance of the star over Bethlehem at Jesus' birth. But for centuries before and since, the stars have guided travelers on the way. The North Star, which is located so near the Earth's axis that it appears to stay fixed in the sky, is one of the most well-known stars. In Norse tales, the North Star Polaris was the end of a spike around which the sky rotates. In Mongolian mythology, it's a peg that holds the world together. And among the First Nations peoples, there's the tale of Naga, a tenacious mountain-climbing sheep who climbs through tunnels to reach the top of the highest mountain he has ever seen. When he reaches the peak, he looks down upon the earth from above, only to realize that now he cannot get back down and he will die on that mountaintop. His father, Shino, is looking for him from the sky above him and weeps when he sees that Naga can't return to him. So that his son will not die, Shino turns him into a star who will be a guide for all the living things on the earth and in the sky. God directs Abram to look at the stars for assurance of God's promises. The same creator God who puts the stars in the heavens cares for each one of us. We know from Paul's letter to the Romans that all things work together for good for those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. This is the confidence we have in faith. While Abram makes many missteps, because we know this story isn't the last time he will try to wrest control from God, today's gospel shows us another way. When the Pharisees come to Jesus and warn him that Herod wants to kill him, Jesus remains steadfast. He is committed to the work he is doing, casting out demons and performing cures. And he is unwilling to change his plans for the convenience of avoiding confrontation or escaping opposition. He persists, telling the Pharisees he will finish the work he has been given. And then he will leave. 
but he will not let fear make his decisions for him. Created by God and redeemed as God's children, we too are called to obedience. In modern culture where autonomy or independence are celebrated, obedience, submitting to the authority of anyone other than ourselves, is countercultural. In our school days, obedience might have been a grumbling and grudging acquiescence accompanied by eye-rolling. Even now, a call to obedience might provoke resentment, as though obedience to someone or something demands an unwarranted and undeserved sacrifice. But the late pastor and author Eugene Peterson described obedience as the strength to stand and the willingness to leap. Obedience is our response to God's good and generous grace that has been poured out upon us. In faith, we are freed for the sake of the world, and our obedience flows out of our salvation. This Lent, as we commit to return to God with all our hearts, may we be confident and what God's word tells us about who God is and who we are as God's children. And obediently follow Jesus, looking for the light of the world to guide us just as the stars led Abram, the Magi, and centuries of travelers on the way before us. Remembering God used the stars as a sign of the promises given to God's people, I invite you to take the paper star that is in your bulletin and write down a prayer or a promise that you want to make or that you hold dear from God. You may put your star in the offering plate later during worship or keep it for yourself as a reminder of God's steadfastness. Let us pray. Holy God, you made the heavens and the earth, and then you made us. Thank you for your creative and life-giving spirit that enlivens us to witness to your abundant mercy and grace. Help us return our hearts to you that we would obey your word in all things. Strengthen us to follow your son Jesus and stand for those who cannot. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.